You know what's really cool is March is our one-year anniversary in this building. Can you believe it's been a year? You remember we were out here just sweeping and oh my goodness. Can we just thank the Lord for what he's done just even in one year? Come on. I mean, what a wonderful thing. Some of you are brand new and I get it. But if you like sweat, blood, and tears in this building right here, you know what I'm saying? Maybe not tears, maybe a little bit of blood, a lot of sweat. Bobby, that brother can put out the sweat, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right? Right? That guy's a workhorse. And so if you're new, you probably don't feel it like those who walked through this, but we're so glad that you're, you're with us too. Hey, you know what? We had uh, uh, men's prayer yesterday, and it was absolutely off the Hook, yo. And I just wonder, why do you say that? Why, why would you talk about it a day later? Because we hope that every man will come out one day. As of yesterday, we probably will have to move out of the prayer room, wouldn't you say, Bobby? Maybe in the community room or whatever. We had to open up the window, man. It was so hot in there. But it was, you know, men just praying. There's something powerful about that. And ladies, next weekend you get to stand in the gap and pray for families and pray for our city and young people and so forth and so on. Hey, good news. We got our uh, permit for Father's Market. Come on. Isn't that cool? We're, we're very passionate about reaching and serving the less fortunate in any form, many forms, but one of them is through Father's Market. And so yesterday after men's prayer, there was a bunch of, a bunch of the dudes went out there and took down those big 14-foot garage doors and cleaned and was on the roof. And, you know, there was a, uh, it was just very, very powerful screwing up of the roof. I wasn't on the roof, praise God. But uh, we, we had a wonderful, wonderful time. And so if you want to get involved in helping out, you know, there's this tool that's called like a pneumatic, powerful, super duper broom we'll, we'll, if, you, if you don't know that one we'll, it's super duper you know all that when your, your hands get a hold of it, you know what I'm saying so yeah if you want to uh, help out in any way we got a lumber package coming tomorrow it's going to start framing what have you just reach out to Bobby let him know so that he can give you a buzz amen so we want to get that done so that we can do the work of the Lord. So I hear that Seth did a really wonderful job last weekend. I've got, I got all kinds of reports, you know, while we were in Arizona. My wife and I was listening to the sermon in a grocery store. And it was ridiculous. We're sitting at the table. It's a grocery store. You can buy food and eat there. And it's kind of fancy grocery store. Good, good grocery store. But um, the audio was real low on live, face, Facebook Live. And so I had to put my phone up like this to hear it. And she sat across the table and she did the same thing. So I watched on her phone. She watched on my phone. And can you imagine what people thought? It's like, bro, you don't know how to use your, you can look at your phone and listen to it, bro. We did that for a long time, man. <laughs> Seth, will you catch this? But it was, uh, <laughs> that's why he's a guitar player. <laughs> that's all right. No, he's got better hands than that. It's just kind of dark up there. 
Grace, grace. How's that word, that song that you ended the service with, how's that go? I belong to you. Abba, I belong to you. Abba, I belong to you. One more time. Abba, I belong to you. Isn't it awesome that we know that we are children of God? And if we are children of God, why would we ever want to pack a fake ID? I want to talk to you about a fake ID today. Father, we just ask that you would bless this time, that you would speak to us, every one of us. Thank you for those that got water baptized. We bless them. Bless their families. Thank you for what you did and are doing in G3. Thank you for the lives that even was born again last night, this morning, coming back to know you were born again for the first time. Thank you that you're moving in Heart of the City Church. You're moving in Coeur d'Alene, Kootenai County. Father, we just say, have your way today. According to your word, we ask that you would transform us from the inside out. Lord, let your truth resonate within every one of our hearts, even if it's a little painful sometimes. We rather endure pain in order to be free. So just ask that your will be done now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. I want to read these scriptures that reveal your true identity. Just let it sink in. Make it personable this morning. Psalms 139, 13 through 18. You made all the delicate parts, inner parts of my body. Let me repeat that. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, oh God. You want to know today if God thinks about you? Let me show you how much he thinks about you. Just look at this right here. How precious are your thoughts about me, oh God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of the sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Jeremiah 1, 4 and 5. When the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. How many know we believe in life here? The sanctification of life. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's masterpiece. <laughs> we are God's masterpiece. Look at your neighbor right now and say, look at, look, look, look at your neighbor. You're his masterpiece. 
Look at another neighbor. You're his masterpiece. Go ahead, go ahead. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Come on, they need to hear it. You need to say it. Now, 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 now say this with me. Say this with me. I'm his masterpiece. Huh? What? He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the things he planned for us long ago. 1 Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are God's masterpiece. That is your legitimate ID. That's too legit to quit. And sometimes I just can't shake something and I just have to step out of the boat. Carter, would you stand up? Man, I just feel like the hand of God is upon you in such a powerful and beautiful fashion. He's doing such a work inside of you. I see you going in the fire of God following you. I see signs and wonders following you. God is bringing you up. He's raising you up, I think, to be a voice in this generation. The word of God is going to dwell richly inside of you. And I see that you're going to see people and you're going to share with people. The gospel is going to come out of you. And I think you're going to see many, many, many come to know you. Have I not even called you to be a light in this dark spot? Have I not even called you to be a voice in this generation that so needs to know the truth? I'm raising you up to straighten out the path. I'm raising you up to bring up the valleys to pull down the mountains I'm raising you up this day the anointing of God is going to rest anew afresh upon you oh I knew you before you were in your mama's womb oh I've adorned you adored, adorned you before you were in your mama's womb I call you this day I call you out I call you out the hand of God is upon you for greatness Carter and you will see these things come to pass Pursue me, he says. Walk in my ways. Allow me to work through you. And you're going to see great exploits in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you're new, we believe that God speaks through men. I'm just a donkey. But he'll, he'll, he'll do something in my heart or other. There's many people in here, many, many, he wants to speak through you. And God just has asked us to step out of the boat because we're called to encourage and exhort and, and, and walk with people and speak into their lives. Say this with me. I'm God's masterpiece. Look whose image. Look whose likeness that you're made in. I know you got a lot of your mom and dad in you. I got to understand DNA, but I want you to know where you originated from. Genesis 1, 26 through 27. Then God said, let us make man in our image. According, look, to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle, over the earth and over every creepy thing that creeps on earth. So look, God created man. Look. In his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, 
He created them. Pretty simple, right? I want all the females shout out female on the count of three. One, two, three. Yeah. Amen. Simple. I want all the males to shout out male on the count of three. One, two, three. Males. God. Come on. God created males and females in his image. Very simple. The world's gotten confused. People probably in this room's gotten confused. Terminology like transgender and all those things. Let me just say something. I don't say that in order to hate. I say that in order to love. That God loves you. You're made in his image. You're a male. You're a female. And he has a beautiful purpose for your life. And quit, quit throwing throwing out that fake ID and trying to be someone that you were not created to be. You were made in the image, the likeness, the resemblance of the perfect, majestic, all-powerful, all-knowing, awesome creator, maker, Abba, Father, God, amen, bam. That's who you're made an image of. And we try to be like someone else. That was my fake ID. I have a divine design and a divine purpose for my life that I can only fulfill. You have a divine design divine purpose you have a divine identity nobody even has your fingerprint God wants you to fulfill that divine purpose that only you can fulfill but you have to walk in your divine identity to fulfill it You may rip off your purpose if you try to be like somebody else. God doesn't want you to be like anybody else, but who he made you to be. He doesn't want you to try to be like anyone else. See, I was not created to be like Michael Jordan. (laughs) Michael Jordan had purpose shooting the eyeballs out of three-pointers, 40 fadeaways, all that. You wasn't created to be Russell Wilson. We already have Russell Wilson. Don't try to be like him. You wasn't created to be Katy Perry or who's the lead singer for Journey? Steve Steve Perry. (laughs) Right? From the 80s? You wasn't created to be like Denzel Washington or Adele. Hello. Right? Right? Everybody knows that song. Hello. You wasn't created to be any of those folks. You wasn't even created to be like the Apostle Paul. Wow, that's true. Come on. He did what he was supposed to do. You got to do what you're supposed to do. You got to walk in your divine identity and your purpose, the one that God created you to be, wholehearted, unadulterated you, 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 you. 
You got to be you. We don't need no more joys. I love joy, but we don't need no more him. We need you to be you. We do that because we think the grass is greener on the other side. We flash our fake idea and want to be like someone else. How offensive is that to the father? What an insult to the father for you to fake it and try to be like somebody else when he's so wonderfully, beautifully, fearfully created you in your mother's womb who knew you before you even took a breath and you try to be like somebody else. I used to pack a fake ID. I did. You know, you cut the little letters out, get it just perfect. Some of you going, yeah, I did that right there. I did a... You know, in South Carolina, you go into the bars when you're 18, but it's like, don't wait till you're 18. You know, I need to go in there when I'm 16 or 17. Or do the little fake ID. You just walk up, show it to the bouncer and walk all in. Did it work? Yeah, it worked. <laughs> but it got me in places that I should have never been. It got me into trouble that I should have never been in. I was living a lie. I believed a lie. I was trying to be someone that I wasn't at all, and it was unhealthy, and it was wrong. And I want to let you know how many, how many of us do this in the era of our spiritual life unto being a child of God, faking it, being someone that we should not be. I want to tell you right now, it will bring pain and confusion and baggage and disappointment. Sometimes I'm thinking, man, we ain't Generation X or Y or Millennial. We're just a confused generation. But you don't have to live that way. You don't got to live that way. You can know your maker and creator. He can straighten out every path in your life. Pour out your love, his love upon you. You could miss your divine purpose by living a life of a fake ID. I'm not 6'11 basketball player for a reason. It's not my purpose. I'm not 6'5, 390 lineman. That's not my purpose. I, I'm not a scientist. You know, I'm not trying to figure out, pursue atomic structures and, and chemical compounds and, 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 and all that. I, that's, not, that's not what I'm called to be. I'm about five foot six and a half. 179.6 pounds. Last time I weighed. You know, I uh, was born a preacher's kid. Had a fiery preaching daddy, and my mama was fiery too. And then I married a fiery, beautiful woman. Right there, right there. I got a son, Seth. I got a daughter, Jamie. I got a daughter-in-law, McCall, Micaiah, McCall. That's in Central Idaho. That's Central Idaho. I'm sorry, Micaiah. Topher, you know, I'm a preacher, pastor, evangelist, and and that's who I am. That's what I got to walk out in my life. That's why I live life to its fullest because I really think I knew who I am. But whenever I was working that fake ID, my goodness, it brought all kinds of confusion and jacked up life in my life. And God wants to come today and just reveal who you are, more so whose you are. See, I lived a life that was man-made, but God wants you to live a life that's God-made. Are you living the man-made life or are you living the God-made life? Because 
it concerns me that there may be people in this room that will not fulfill their divine purpose because they're packing a fake ID, because they're trying to be like somebody else. And there's no way that purpose is going to be fulfilled unless you fulfill that divine purpose by walking in your divine identity. Why do people do this? I wrote down a few reasons. I already mentioned one, the grass is greener on the other side. You like somebody else better than you like you. Number two, you don't like the way that you're, you look or the way that God made you. Number three, escaping or hiding, or disguising. You believed a lie, number four. Number five, you're living a lie. Number six, you base everything on feelings. Feelings. Oh, feelings. Do not live your life and let your life be guided by your feelings. No, you need to feel me on this. You mean, you mean my feelings could be wrong? Your feelings can be jacked up, terribly nasty wrong. It's not your GPS. God's word is your GPS. The Holy Spirit is your GPS. Your feelings can be like a schizophrenic chimpanzee. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Don't live your life according to your feelings enough said because of sin because sometimes of why do we choose a fake id sometimes because of trauma or rejection or abandonment issues or number nine we just want to be accepted young people just want to be accepted at, at school a friend i remember when we moved here my kids wanted to be accepted in the middle school and the high school and people just want to be accepted but you can't allow that in order for you to pack a fake id and not be who god has called you to be we all like moses want to know who we are Moses, at 80 years old, had a discussion with Jesus. 80 years old, had a discussion with God. Here, Moses has been raised up. Now he flees for his life. I'll get to that in just a minute. Now he's on the backside of a desert. Now God's calling him out to fulfill the divine destiny Moses has on his life. And the conversation goes a bit like this, Exodus 3.10. Come now, therefore... This is God. I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And I could just feel Moses about to have a panic attack, <laughs> sweating. You want me to go back into Egypt, Pharaoh, where I fled from? This is Moses' divine purpose, but he, he hasn't walked it out yet. God has been, he's been, you know, God will put you in a hidden place to get you ready for the destination that he has for the death. He'll put you away in a hidden place where nobody else will see you. He'll get you ready. Somebody can say, get ready, get ready, get ready. He will qualify you and make you ready in a hidden place. And he had Moses hidden out. Moses' name means drawn out. Drawn out, drawn out. We'll get to that in just a minute. Has anybody ever heard of nominative determinism? If you've ever heard of nominative, nominative determinism, raise your hand just for a moment. 
Not too many people. I just heard about it. Uh, I, I was doing a little research upon it. I watched a, a gentleman preaching on it and uh, did a little research on it. It has everything to do with the theory of that your name has to do with determine your job, your career, your, um, your, even your character. Now, I'm not saying I buy into this thing right here, right here, yo. I'm not, I'm not all in with this. But it gave some pretty good examples. Here's a few examples. Mark D. Mann. Okay, that's his name, Mark D-Man. You with? So what does he do? He is a defensive soccer player, Mark D-Man. Okay, JL, that's not that good. Here we go, here's another one. Sarah Blizzard. She is a weather girl. Seriously. Dr. Barth Toothman. I think he's an orthodontist. Here, you feeling me? Gary Wood. I think he makes furniture. Lord Brain. Neurologist. Usain Bolt. Fastest man on the earth. Who's Filder? Last name Filder. Seth, help me out. Prince. Prince Filder plays baseball. Are you feeling me? I, like I said, I'm not totally all in on this, but I found it pretty uh, interesting. Moses' name is drawn out. That's what his name means. And God wants to use Moses to draw the people out of Egypt who's been in slavery for over 400 years. And now... God is speaking to Moses. Honestly, God's got to draw Moses into believing that he has a destiny. So God has this conversation. I want you to hear the conversation back from Moses to God for a minute. Exodus 3.11 says, but Moses said to God, who am I? Who? And he probably said a little bit like this. I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but probably a little bit like it. I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt, I think is a humongous question. 80 years old, he asked it. People in this room right here, I believe, you're, who am I? And God begins to speak to Moses and say, hey, Moses, I'm going to tell you what to say. I'll, I'll tell you what to say. God's trying to encourage him. Moses, you're not going to leave empty-handed. You're going to go and you're going to leave out of here loaded down. Moses is still doubting, so forth and so on. Moses is like, what? What if, what if they won't, suppose they won't listen to me? He looks at Moses. He's like, I'm going to get this dude to this thick-head dude that I'm with him in a minute. He said, what's in your hand? A rod. Throw it down. Throws it down. Turns into a, can somebody say a snake? Pick it up. God, come on, man. I don't like snakes. <laughs> Moses didn't say that, but that's a, that's a little, 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 little interception right there. He picks it up. It turns back into a rod. Still doubting, 
Take your hand, put it in your bosom. His hand turns into leprosy. Wow. And then God cleanses it. Totally cleanses it. Totally heals him. So forth. God is trying to get through to Moses. Listen to me. God is trying to get through to you today. He wants to get through to you that like Moses, you have a divine purpose on your life that he wants you to walk out. And so Moses is is still kind of, you know, nervously insecure. He says this in Exodus 4, 10 and 11. Then Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I'm not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. So the Lord, I can say, God's getting a little frustrated now. Hey! Well, God didn't say that, but he he did say this. (laughs) Who has made man's mouth? Like, you don't know that I know that you have an insecurity. Don't you know who I am? I'm God of the universe. I'm El Shaddai. I made you. I created you. I knew you before you were in your mama's womb. I've designed you. I got a purpose for you. And you telling me you got some kind of a mouth problem, tongue problem? Who made a mouth? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seen or the blind, have not I, the Lord and God, got angry at Moses? Think about that for a minute. When you refuse to be who God's called you to be, and you refuse to walk in your God-given destiny, and you refuse to be who God's called you to be. Come on, God got angry. I can tell you, I got a few thoughts of why I think Moses really struggled with his identity. I've struggled with mine before. Think about Moses for a minute. He was born in a complete hostile environment. Think about being born in a situation when the boys are born, they're killed. That's what was taking place right there. Okay, think about this for a minute. He was put in a basket at three months old, set in these kind of cocktails. You know, it, I mean, he's the first original basket case. <laughs> for real. And then Pharaoh's daughter, look, draws him out. Moses, born a slave, raised a prince. Raised rich, born poor, come on, who am I? Heart bent toward Israelites, educated Egyptian, he murders. Wow, murders? Yes, he does. He flees, vagabond, fugitive. I think if it would have been on the TV station back in the day, he would have been Egypt's most wanted struggling between fake ID and valid ID. At 80 years, at 80 years old, Moses still struggling all for this very moment. I've been raising you up, Moses, for this very moment. Everything that you've been through, I'm getting you ready. I'm getting you ready for this very moment. You're going to go in and you're going to set my people free. And he's doubting.
designed it. And he has this divine purpose. And Moses, who am I? Moses, over a period of time and trials and tests and challenges, all of a sudden he walks out his destiny. He doesn't get to go into the promised land, but he leads. He's got a mega church, like a million people or more. And he leads them all the way up to the promised land. Moses doesn't get to go into the promised land. He only sees it from a distance. You know why? Because Moses, God says, I want you to speak to the rock. And Moses, because he's frustrated with all the people and what have you, well, guess what he does? He hits the rock. Strike them. How many know you shouldn't strike the rock? <laughs> Can you smell what the rock is cooking? You don't, don't hit the rock. There's nothing like walking in your own divine purpose. There's nothing like walking in your own shoes and your own skin. There's nothing like living your own story. Not living a dream. Ah, how you doing? Living a dream. Hey, live not a dream. Live your dream. There's nothing like living your identity, your destiny, and your divine purpose that only has your name on it. It's the wind beneath my wings. It's the fire in your belly. It's the bop in your bobby. Come on. It's whatever you want to call it. It's the swag in your swagger as long as it's your swag. Come on. This is so important that you do that. Now, J.O., J.O., how do I find out my true identity? I want to give you two secrets today of finding out your true identity. Listen to me real good. Number one is the church. Say that with me, the church. The church. You want to find your true identity, get rooted in the church, not on the outskirts, not coming, you know, like on a vacation every year or so or in the church. God has used the church to show Radine and I to raise us up for our divine purpose. He's used the church. He's used men like Pastor Bob McGregor. He was in our life gospel outreach in Eureka, California. He introduced us to a pastor where we became youth pastors right in uh, Meridian, Boise. Then we went and served with him at the church that he planted. And then all of a sudden we get sent out of that church to plant what? Heart of the City Church. I want to let you know if you want to walk in your God-given divine purpose. God will use the church. We need to be with each other. You got to come out of the cave and come out of the wilderness and you got to be amongst the church. You got to, we need each other. We need to rub on each other. We need to sharpen one another. Hey, you won't know who you are unless I think, unless you're in the church. I might think that I'm a tall dude. Until I stand beside someone that's tall. Right? <laughs> How's that happen? In the church, the body of Christ. I might think I can sing till I start singing beside Seth. I might think I can do numbers till I hang out with Ben Taves. Come on. I might think I can dance until Topher gets up beside me and starts smoking me, man. I might think I'm cute or brilliant until I hang out with my beautiful, brilliant wife. We need one.
one another. You find out your destiny, your divine purpose in the church. It's the body. It's the number one thing that God is building on the earth. And the gates of hell will not prevail. The church, the bride, the lady, the woman, baby. It's God's woman. It's his wife. And you're part of it. You're a member of it. And God will use it to point you to your divine purpose. And number two, the word of God. B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me, yo. (laughs) The Bible. Every word. You want to know who you are, your destiny, your identity. You need to look into the word that was written for you and about you, the Bible. Everything that you heard from your mom and dad may not be true. I wouldn't say that everything that your coach said is true about you, though I love coaches right there. There's a coach right there. I know he's a good coach, and I see right there. But you know what? Coaches make mistakes. Don't look to a science book to find out who you are. Definitely don't look to Siri or TV or the internet to find out who you are. I don't care what your teacher said about who you are. You need to talk to the great I am who created you to find out who you is. The Bible. Your true identity is enclosed in the greatest best-selling book of all times, the Bible. And I want you to stand up in closing today. We're going to read just a, I tell you what, I bet you I could probably have hundreds of scriptures up there, maybe a hundred, I don't want to exaggerate, but probably a hundred scriptures up there in the Bible that identifies who you are. You've been listening to all kinds of sources and believed a lie and flashing that fake ID when you need to know what God says about thee. Are you ready? We're going to say this out loud. It's going to be up there. Just a few of them. Just, I, I think that if you even say this out of your faith and out of your heart, not like, hey, uh, copycat pastor. I'm just going to say this because copycat pa- cat pastor, he tell me to say the right Forget that, man. Let it, this is the word of God. This, these scriptures speak of you and I. On three, will you say them with me? One person. Joy, get up here with me. You can say it with me. Just see me and him together. Come on, Joy. We're going to say it together, baby. Here we go. Here we go. We're not going to do it. Just me and you. Here on three. Here we go. On three. One, two, three. I am God's workman created in Christ unto good works. I am a new creature in Christ. I'm a spirit being lived to God. That was hard. I'm a believer and the light of the gospel shines in my mind. I'm a doer of the word and blessed in my actions. I'm a joint heir with Christ. I'm more than a conqueror through him who loves me. I'm an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. I'm a partaker of his divine nature. I am an ambassador for Christ. I'm part of a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a purchased people. I'm the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. 
I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. I am not my own. I am the head and not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. I am the light of the world. Isn't that beautiful? Thank you. Isn't that beautiful? Just what God says about you. Come on. We need you to be you. The full, number one, unadulterated you. God needs you to be you. He so wonderfully, delicately formed you in your mother's womb. Knew you before you were even in the womb. You need to be you. You need to walk in your divine identity. You need to walk in your divine purpose. And if you're struggling today with your identity, we want to pray.